choose you. Be cool, baby. Okay. Hey, bitch, come here. Got your motherfucking man. Come here. Mr. Pretty Tony, I mean, you know the rules of the game. I mean, your bitch just chose me. Now, we can settle this like you got some class, so we can get into some gangster shit. Fuck being on some chill shit. We go zero to a hundred, nigga, real quick. Yo. Yo, 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 what up? It's Kels. Kels, thanks for asking Kels Podcast, episode 232. I'm back. At KMGZ on Twitter. Um, alright, that didn't go as smooth as I had hoped. I'm, I'ma get it. I'ma get it. Yo, I've actually been looking forward to this episode. I, I thought I, I was gonna, um, I was gonna do like a special episode on Sunday or like an abbreviated episode. I've been going back and forth about should I do that, but I didn't because I didn't think that I would have too much to talk about today. Like when I, sometimes when I'm late and I have to do the episode on Friday or Saturday, it fucks it up because it's not, it's not that much time between Wednesday and it's like not nothing to talk about. So I was like, eh, hold on to it. Um, but um, yeah. So anyway, let's 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 get started. Um, yours and Negritude is going out to Dwayne Wade and his n- new daughter. I I guess I I didn't. Admittedly, I, I've. I didn't listen to the video, I, I saw it, but I didn't listen to it, and I've just been knowing what, what happened through tweets, so, I'm not sure if he's, I'm not sure if he was saying he was trans, or if he just was saying he identifies as Zaya, I don't know, so I'm saying, I'm just gonna say Zaya, okay, anyway, shout out, if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, Dwayne and Zaya came on, I think Instagram, yes, and to just say that, you know, he's changing his name to, she, I'm, I don't know what's the proper pronoun. Zion is changing the name to Zaya. And, um, you know, and Dwayne was just like, look, and, you know, I, I support it. This is my son. I love him. You know, this is, you know, we, uh, this is what he's going to do. And, of course, he got, you know, the black backlash from the troglodytes. And, you know, I'm not even going to address y'all. I'm not giving y'all no energy. But I just want to say, God bless Dwayne Wade. And, you know what, if we had more parents that would just accept their children and just nourish the children that they have, the world would be a much better place. It would be a lot full, a lot less bullshit and hateful people and just fuck shit. Um, and, you know, I think every gay adult, particularly, well, I can only speak to what I know, like, of LGBT folks of color, queer, black and brown people of color. I know we all watched that. I know I did. Like, wow. If you know, I I wish we I would have had that kind of um acceptance when I was young. Like, where would I be? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think I did all right, but I know for a fact. I know for a fact my life would be different. Well, I mean, is I can't really blame I, you know, again, I I wasn't fast like these little kids. We listen, I'm just, we grew up different. Like, yeah, we had, like, when I was in school, getting pregnant at 16 or 14, that was, like, taboo. Like, you was, uh, uh, no offense, but, like, you was, like, a loser. Like, nobody did that. Like, all you really had to do <laughs> in my generation is stay off crack and not get pregnant. Like, nobody else gave it. As long as you did those two things, like, you were all right. So, like, I know now it's, like, the norm, but back then it was just, like, unheard of. And so, you know, I, um... But I, you know, I just wasn't fat. I wasn't fast like these kids at 12, 13, 14. Well, not 14. Probably when I start. No, probably at 14 too. I was still riding bikes and skateboards. I was ahead of my time. You know, I could have been in these, um, you know, XL games or whatever. I used to do the bikes, the, the, the jumping on the ramps and the skateboarding and all that shit. I was still doing that shit at 13 and 14. So, but you know, I don't know. So I can't say that 
I mean, I, I wasn't aware of my sexuality at that young age is the point, so I, you know, I can't necessarily say, but I mean, knowing that ha- had I been and had I came out and had I gotten that kind of acceptance, you know, you, because it's, the best way I can tell you is like, when you're, when you're heterosexual and you're doing what society um, expects, there's no weights on you, you can do whatever you want, you're free to fly, when you're not, and you gotta kind of hide that shit and suppress that shit and try to, you know, everybody throwing their expectations on you, it's like you got an anchor around your neck and you can't fucking fly and that's what gay people are trying to tell you, that's why a lot of kids kill, these teens kill themselves because they can't fucking fly, because they bird and they want to take off and they can't because they got ignorant ass people hanging anchors around their neck trying to make them be something that they're not trying to make them fit into something that they're not because they think that that's the way it's supposed to be and they don't know a fucking thing so God bless you, Zaya and Dwayne, and you know, go fly like a bird, baby, because you're free. Alright, um, what order do I want to go in? Alright, let's start with the most annoying and go, go down to the least. So, I, I just wanted to say something on the Gail and Snoop thing. You know, look, the interview, this is what I'll say. The interview with Lisa Leslie, I thought Lisa Leslie handled herself very well. I thought, you know, I... I thought her answer was very classy. Um, I don't think she, people say she shouldn't have said the thing about she didn't believe Kobe did it, but I mean, Gail pressed her and she and so she answered the question. I mean, she says she doesn't believe the issue I have with with I have a couple issues with it. The main issue I have with these people, look, we understand everybody's devastated, everybody's hurt by Kobe, and you know, it it, it was kind of in my opinion, this is me speaking, it was in very poor taste for Gail and anybody else to constantly bring up that point on the day he died or a couple days after he died for a couple reasons. The main one being, though, Kobe Bryant was one of the few people, one of the few people on the earth, let alone superstar athlete, who actually handled a, a very controversial and unfortunate incident that he did when he was very young in the proper way, and in the way that we all say we wish people would handle it, he took responsibility for what he did, he said, look, I thought that was a consensual act, I did, I did not think I was violating her, but she felt a different way, and I respect that, okay, and I apologize for the situation, and I, I should never been in that situation, I let my family down, let he, and, he, and, and not only did he do that, he acted in a way ever since that showed that he that he got the point and he got the message. And so, and that is his legacy. Okay, this, people want to talk about people's legacy and then little picture. Well, what about this? The same thing with Michael Jackson. Well, you know, what about this child? Yeah, that's a part of it. But a legacy is just that. It is your whole arc. And if you're not going to tell the whole arc, then don't be sitting there picking little shit. Okay, and 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 that's my problem with Gail because first of all, it was too soon. The man wasn't even buried yet. And what number two? Why are you asking Lisa Leslie? What? Why are you asking her that point? And 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 number three, like it's not like this incident was pushed under the rug. This was a very prominent, well-known, well-discussed incident. Kobe gave a whole press conference. He spoke on it many times then and since. And so if you really wanted to analyze and, 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 and figure out what that meant to his legacy, you could have just played any one of numerous clips of Kobe addressing the issue because, again, he didn't run from it. He didn't deny it. He talked about it a lot. And so you could have just played that. 
it's a part of his legacy, it is not his legacy, and when y'all sit and talk about people's legacy, but you just want to pick up pick little things, that's what people get upset about, so Gail, I thought you was wrong for that, I thought you should have left it alone I thought it was too early, I don't know why you're asking Lisa Leslie, what the hell did you want her to say, and then when she said well that's not the Kobe I know, okay but you wouldn't know, well you asking me bitch if you want to ask what somebody else would know, ask them, you asked me and I answered your question, I told you the Kobe I know so, you know, what was the point of pressing her? What was she supposed to say? Oh, does it complicate his legacy? No, it doesn't. It's a part of his legacy. His legacy is what it is. One of the greatest basketball players that ever played, one of the greatest uh, athletes in, in, in the world f- across any sports, one of the most inspirational athletes to, to the world across any sport. Somebody will go down in history, uh, you know, somebody was a Hall of Fame will go down in history, you know, right along with Michael Jordan and, and Magic Johnson and all these just like larger than life, greater than great, uh, Muhammad Ali influenced athletes for, for generations and generations. Kobe is, is going to go down as one of those. So that is his legacy. So that's what I got to say about Gail. Having said that, Snoop Dogg, first of all, I don't know why y'all are shocked, because Snoop has always been misogynistic, like, a nigga, because he got a cooking show, uh, uh, cooking with Martha, y'all, like, y'all, y'all think that he's changed, like, he's always been misogynistic, this ain't the first time he's done those tapes, his whole career is based off that, so I wasn't surprised at all, but this is all I want to say, you know, I think it's funny, you know, We've discussed before how, you know, or I've said before how a lot of these black men, you know, we call y'all the weakest links because a lot of y'all, y'all don't want to be free. Y'all just want to have the keys to the plantation. Y'all just want to step into the shoes of the white man. Y'all don't want to be free, okay? And 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 stuff like this is, is how we know because soon as this something comes up, you know, what is the point of saying you don't believe something or something is a lie and why I'm calling somebody a dog-faced bitch and why are you bringing this up? What is the point of that on something that Kobe Bryant did himself in his life did not duck and did not and did not uh, run from? And here go all you knuckleheads popping up after he's d- dead to talk about how uh, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Well, I mean, he's, he acknowledged it though. So what is it that you don't believe? You think Kobe don't know what happened? And, and, you know, what is it that you don't believe? It's, it's, it makes no sense to me. Um, second of all, you know, I just think it's funny how, you know, and that's the second thing they say, what about Harvey Weinstein? Y'all ain't never said Harvey Weinstein is on, on trial right now for the rapes that he was accused of. So, I mean, that's what about him. He's on fucking trial. And it's just telling when stuff like that is just very telling because I just think it's fun. And then they brought Oprah in it, like grown and Gail ain't a grown ass woman. Like I'm pretty sure Oprah ain't write them questions down for her. Okay. Gail been doing the interviews for a long ass time. She, you know, I, I don't think that Oprah wrote those questions down of her. I just think that the, I think it's funny that these black men, these rappers and these, you know, it's mainly rappers. They love going after Oprah. You know, they talking about Harvey. All all these white men say shit all out of pocket. I ain't heard nobody say shit about Trump. Y'all got all kind of Trump lyrics in y'all, in y'all, in y'all songs. Y'all got all kind of, uh, pictures, if you go back in the day enough posing with Trump, but y'all stay wanting to call Oprah a fucking hypocrite because she had Russell uh, Simmons on a show or whatever, look, the fact is, Oprah ain't have you fucking hippity hop niggas back on her show back in the 80s and the 90s cause she ain't want you on the show, she says she ain't like rap music, and her show wasn't really about that, and she ain't want to have y'all on there, and y'all been mad ever since, but I just think it's interesting because these, these, these knackers are always going after Oprah because I feel like they think because Oprah's black and a woman 
that, you know, and ain't nobody gonna come to her defense that, you know, they can just go with her because, you know, she's not, she can't stop their bag. The white man can stop their bag, but Oprah can. I don't know why you think that because Oprah, um, is a media giant and Oprah can indeed stop your bag. Oprah can indeed pick up the phone and call her friends over there. CBS, ABC, uh, NBC, TNT, TLC, we, the Oprah Winfrey Network, uh, TV One, BET, MTV, Viacom, and wherever the fuck else, and talk to her friend, and get your shit cut the fuck off, get your goddamn call over there to Facebook, get your fucking Instagram account deleted, and I don't know what the, I don't know what game y'all think y'all playing. Keep going at Oprah. The fact that she hasn't just lets you know how much uh, of a small blip on your radar, on her radar, you probably are. Because number one, she probably didn't even hear half. The, I know she heard Gail because Gail was upset about it. But half the shit y'all say about her, I'm sure she don't know because she's a billionaire with her own network. She got her school in Africa. She got all kind of shit she got going on, and um, you know, but. Clearly, she made a phone call because Snoop was on the camera the next day apologizing because the white people told him to, I'm sure. And so now y'all see the power of Oprah. Y'all better leave that woman alone. Y'all let Monique uh, get y'all going. Y'all see what happened Monique when she went up to Oprah. And actually, I don't even think Oprah blackballed Monique. I think uh, Monique is just a, a, a terror to work with. And, um, you know, that's that. But, like, y'all let niggas gas y'all like Oprah Winfrey ain't the fucking media titan that she is. She is. Okay, so keep playing games. Um, his ass backtrack that shit fast and good for you. Watch your mouth. Stop talk. Stop coming at the. Stop coming at black women crazy. Y'all ain't never got to smoke for the white men when they disrespecting y'all. Never. But y'all got so much shit to say about Oprah and Gail. Oprah gonna get sick of y'all niggas one time and cut and cut all y'all shit off and y'all gonna be sitting at home. All right, saving that for last. So. Moving on to the Oscars. So, the Oscars was so extra white, we all know. I tried to see all the movies I've so far, so I saw, um, I, I went to the theater to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I thought was great. Um, and I saw Parasite here. And honestly, I haven't seen, I was trying to see 1917, but I'm hesitant because I just got a feeling that I ain't gonna like it. Um, but I'm just, I didn't, I didn't make it, so I didn't see any of them, but I did see the one that won Best Picture, Parasite, uh, more on that later, um, I want to say about the Oscars, I missed the opening, because I said I wasn't watching them, and then, I didn't, I was, I didn't know that Janelle Monet was gonna open, though, if I did, I would've watched that part, so I missed it, and I had to, like, YouTube the next day to find the fucking performance, and I saw it, and she came out with Billy Porter, I thought it was great, she came out with all the, um, in lots of people's opinions, better movies that should have probably been nominated, um, that weren't, um, look, I'm not going on my hustlers rant no more, I, I will, I, I will a little bit, in a little bit, when I talk about Parasite, but, um, listen, I, I saw a lot of movies this year, and I feel like a lot of other people saw movies this year, and I feel like we're all in agreement that there were better movies that deserved to be nominated besides the ones that they did, okay, um, I thought Once Upon a Time of Hollywood was great. I think Ter- Quentin Tarantino makes great movies. I'm glad that Brad reminded all you bitches that he is indeed a movie star. Okay? Um, because he is. And he totally stole that movie from another movie star, Leonardo DiCaprio, who did a good performance. But 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 Brad just stole it from Clint. Just stole it from him. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, you should see it. Um, Billy Porter... I adore Billy Porter, I love Billy Porter 
I don't love a lot of his outfits and that is my right and that is my opinion I love the first tuxedo he wore with the tool skirt, I thought that was elegant I thought it was great, I thought it made a statement I thought he made his point and I was like oh look at this motherfucker jazzing it up you know he coming in the Met Ball outfits where everybody else is boring, I get it and I get that's his style, he wants to draw attention, he ain't hurting nobody, I get that too, and and I'm sure that there are some people that, you know, homophobic people that are attacking him, and all of that, but I, honestly, at the bulk of what I've seen, I've not seen that, maybe your timeline is different than mine, but what I've mainly seen is people like, listen guys, y'all be going up for these outfits like they look so great, and they really don't, like he's wearing costumes, like, He's wearing a costume, it's, and that that may be his that may be his purpose, and it probably is his purpose, and that's fine. But like people saying that they don't really like the outfit, it doesn't pe- mean that people are self-hating homosexuals. It doesn't mean that people are homophobes. I personally, he just gives me Bella Noches. That costume, that costume with the with the screen over the the, the um hat. I mean, that's obviously meant to draw attention, and it did. But I mean, I didn't think it was that great looking, he to me, Billy Porter to me, them outfits look like, you know, anybody had their gay cousin Harold, they, or their gay cousin Daryl they used to make their own clothes and be strutting down the walk, you know, like, yeah girl, I made this myself, you like it, that's how all his outfits look to me, since the Oscars, okay, that one he wore last night, or Sunday night, yeah, I, I, I didn't like it, and you know, I, and, and I'm not self-hating gay, I'm not before. I just you know, I'm not Andre Leon Talley, but I, I, I do, I do like the fashion, I do like, you know, I do like the runways, I do, I do pay attention, I do look at the, you know, the looks and the mags and whatever, and you know, I know what's hot and what's not, I know what's in and what the girls are wearing and who's wearing it and what models look good and what models don't, you know, the designers, I don't have the money for that shit, but if I did, I would have it all, <coughs> you know. And so I feel like, you know, I kind of have a, 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 a little bit of taste of what looks good. And I just don't think that his he his his fashions are not fashions to me. Their costumes, their looks, their events, fine. No problem, do it. But stop telling people that they're being hateful and they're hating on him and because they don't like his outfits. Because I don't like his outfit. I don't I don't think that they're that great. <coughs> as far as fashion goes, and that's what people are commenting on, fashion, and you getting your little feelings hurt, cause I don't know, maybe that's, you, maybe that's your taste too, and God bless you, but, <coughs> I haven't seen anybody really making any homophobic comments, I mean, I'm sure that they have, again, the bulk of it is just people like, that don't look good, that skirt, it ain't it, that shirt, it ain't it, I really didn't like the, um, <coughs> sorry, I really didn't like the whatever wore so the thing with the the visor on the hat. <clears throat> Sorry y'all. It's cough. I really ain't like it. So <clears throat> but him and Janae's performance was outstanding. That oh my god, that gown that Janelle Monet had on with the Swarovski crystals on it, amazing. She looked great. She looks outstanding. She is beautiful to me. And she kicked it. So but that was the best part of Oscars. After that, I turned it off. Because uh, luckily, um, Best Supporting Actor Brad Pitt won early, so I didn't have to watch the rest of it. Um, now, moving on to Best Picture. This is all I'm going to say. I watched Parasite over the weekend here on demand. Um, 
it was it was it was good. You know, it was good to watch out on here, free at home on demand. I was familiar with the director's other work. I was familiar with um, his other work, Snowpiercer. I saw that on Netflix. Not a great movie. Actually, kind of dumb and ridiculous. The, okay. So, the, uh, look, Parasite was a decent movie. Best Picture, I'm going to be real with y'all. I don't know about all that. And it ain't because of no subtitles. Like, I, I read later after that it's supposed to be a dark comedy. That makes more sense to me because um, I, I was watching it like, is this supposed to be a funny? Is this supposed to be a joke? I just, I don't think it was all that, y'all. It was okay. I feel like it was clear. You know, people were like, oh, it's such a class thing. I was like, was it? I'm a t- I mean, if y'all ain't see it, I'm going to just let y'all know. I was following it until, sorry, it's going to be some spoilers. So if you're still um, watching it or ain't seen it yet, just ignore this part. Um... The part where they figured out that the people were staying in the basement, and then the old girl was like, oh, I'm calling the cops, and then they, that whole shit that started with them, that ended with the dude coming out, stabbing everybody up, at that point in the movie, it lost me, because I was like, okay, this movie just jumped the fucking shark, this is stupid, because I was like, yo, why ain't y'all hook up? I thought they was gonna hook up, and plot on them, and, and come out, on, like, it just went left, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, the dude banging his head with the, with the, uh, with the Morse code on the light, them being on the table, him smelling them, but not realizing it was there. It was just, listen, it was all right, but I don't know about no best picture. And again, I feel like movies I saw this year that were not nominated were better than that. I, and I'm not hating. Like, if y'all liked it, great. I just really, I, it wasn't the subtitles. I just was like, oh, okay. And I, again, I saw Snowpiercer. So the Snowpiercer kind of has the same theme. It's just there. It's like a um after like. You know, global warming has killed everybody, but it's this one train that's still running with all of humanity on it, and it's separated by class, just like, um, Parasite, and the, the poor people are all huddled in the back in, like, terrible conditions, and the rich people are all in the front, and the poor people from the back try to get to the front. To get, it's, this, it's almost the exact same movie, it's just one is in a house, one is in a train. It's not that great. I mean, it's good for Netflix, right? If you want to watch it on a Saturday, it's raining, you ain't got shit else to do, watch it. It's entertaining for that, but, like, I wouldn't have went to the theater to see that shit. Um... You know, it's got all kind of crazy shit. Like it's, it's you'll, you'll see. But it's if you see that, and then you see um, Parasite, you'll be like, oh, okay, same dude, same movie. And that's all I want to say. Like y'all disagree. I'm not saying it was a terrible movie. I don't know about no best picture though. <laughs> I really don't. I, I really feel like the, the Academy got salty because he said they some little local Yin ran the House Award, and you know they was like, oh okay, so let's just give them the work. It's the same thing they did with Black Panther. You want black? We'll give you black. We'll give you all the black in the world. Like I feel like they're very sensitive to um, critique and comment, and I think that's probably what happened because I don't know y'all like. Y'all be y'all been hyping up a lot of movies this year. Knives Out is another one. It was good. You know, it was a nice little. It's if you ever seen like a Peter Pan, the old school Peter Pans, or like a um, Clue. It was a lot like Clue, Clue the movie. If you ever seen one of those, that's what Knives Out was. And I was like, okay, this is good. This is decent, but like, it ain't it ain't that great. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I could have watched this on HBO actually. In 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 all reality, I need to come to theater to see it. It was you know, it was a little long. I figured out who it was pretty, they gave away who it was, and I, and I was like, oh, that's, they just gonna tell like that, I guess they thought nobody would pick up on it, but I did, like, they gave it away, I was like, oh, 
she said, hey, grandson, so clearly she saw her grandson, so it's the grandson. Like, I don't understand why they dropped that clue and thought nobody was going to get it. Um, yeah, so that's all I got to say. All right, so before I get to the topic, topic that I really want to talk about, I forgot I should have did this at the beginning. I wanted to give a shout-out to a new podcast that I just, look, a lot of people be, like, hitting me up, yo, stop shouting out podcasts, they don't shout you out, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, look, man. I don't care about all that. Like, I'll be looking for podcasts to listen to, and I know other people do too. So if I listen to some shit and I like it, I'm going to shout it out. And this this one I just found, some, actually it's pretty popular. Some of y'all might already know, but it's Triple T, Triple T-E-A-A-A. Yo, these niggas be having me down. They are hilarious. They, um, it's, let me see, what's the, it's D, let me see. Triple T, a.k.a. Turned Up Table Talk, is a weekly show on all the previous week's events. The Subway Juice, DM, and, and Evie give their views on several hot topics that everyone is talking about. Tune in weekly. It's three of them now. I don't know why so many people listed, but them niggas, they be doing fucking sh- I don't even watch these shows. Only one that I watch that they talk about is Love After Lockup. They be talking about shows I don't even watch, and that shit be having me down because it's fucking funny. So, if, you know... Go ahead and listen to it if y'all looking for another, you know, little pop culture show when they ain't all on that old, you know, sensitive ass, you know, bullshit. It's, it's, I, <laughs> I've been listening to it nonstop. Sorry, y'all, hold on. <coughs> oh, this cough is killing me. Took some mucinex. I thought it was going to be alright. Alright, so, um, the last thing I want to talk about is... There's there's a documentary on Netflix in honor of uh, Black History Month and Malcolm X's assassination called Who Killed Malcolm X? Um, If you don't know anything about Malcolm X, you should watch it. If you know a lot about Malcolm X, you should watch it. I just wanted to talk about it because watching that thing for me was very surreal. Because, as I told y'all before, my father was uh, in the Nation of Islam. He was an original... I guess you could say, quote, fingers, one of the original, he wasn't the founder, but like the original first, first converts to, to the religion, okay, he came, he joined in, uh, he said 1960, um, very early, right, um, before, before Cassius Clay even, even joined, right, and so, if you, if you don't know, Malcolm X was assassinated in Harlem in the Audubon Ballroom in 1965, um, two guys were sent to jail for the murder, and the case was closed. However, it's been long known by people in the movement and people familiar with the case and the, and the situation in the times that one of those guys probably didn't do it. There were five assassins that, that uh, came to the ballroom that night to assassinate Malcolm. So this this movie follows who they are and do tracks them down. But what I, I'm not going to tell you about it because you can watch it. But what I will say is, you know, I've get I've gotten on here lots of times and I told y'all about my father and the nation and how you know, but I haven't really told y'all the story story because it's 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 a story. Now I've told bits and pieces, but not the whole thing. And mainly, and some of that is because I don't even know. Like I've pieced some things together myself. My father told me some things after the fact over the years you know, that I pieced together, but, uh, um, he, again, by the time he got out of the nation of Islam and went over to traditional Islam, I was still very young, I was, I, it was like 77, right, he, that he officially got out, I was 
very, very young. My mom was still alive. I was very young. So most of what went on with it, I, I was not aware. It's just from him telling me, right? And me, you know, looking and reading and knowing stuff myself. Um, he, but he officially, that's when he stopped, uh, himself being in, you know, Nation of Islam. But he really didn't break fully from it. I mean, in that get out of all the shenanigans that I'm about to tell y'all about involved with it until probably like 83, like seriously, because some shit was, if you, if you're familiar with, um, the history of Philadelphia, well, if you're familiar with Philadelphia, there's a thing in Philadelphia called the Black Mafia. The thing that a lot of people outside of Philadelphia don't really understand is that the Black Mafia in Philadelphia is synonymous with the Nation of Islam. Was everybody in the Nation of Islam in the Black Mafia? No. But the Black Mafia, everybody in the Black Mafia was in the Nation of Islam. And they were high up and they had a lot of power and influence. So, when you're saying Black Mafia, you're saying the Nation of Islam. Um, it's in Philadelphia, right? Which is where the Black Mafia was. And so, I'm watching this special and basically what it says, and again, if you're familiar with Malcolm at all, you probably already know this. If you're not, you might not. But the five killers who, who assassinated Malcolm X, they, they, they didn't come from the Harlem Mosque. They came from Newark. They came from the Newark, New Jersey Mosque. Um, and so this documentary goes through, you know, this, this, this journalist who's also a black dude, who's also uh, a uh, historian, is trying to figure out really who killed Malcolm because he's like, yo, you know, these guys, because the reason why they, reason why most people know that it was five dudes, because the one dude, Talmadge Hare, who, who, he's the one that if you, there's a famous picture, a famous video of an assassination, and they catch one guy, and you see the crowd pulling that guy out, carrying that guy out, ripping him apart, that's Talmadge Hare, he, he was the one that got caught, and he told them in an affidavit that it was five guys, and he told them the guys it was, okay, um, and it all came from Newark, but, Again, I ain't going to tell y'all the documentary, y'all can watch it. But what I want to say about it is, what ha- what fascinated me about it is because I watched that movie, and it was so familiar to me. Because I didn't know any of those old, so he was talking to the old Nation of Islam dudes, right? I didn't know any of those dudes, but I knew every single one of those dudes. Because like I told you before, I grew up, all of my father's friends were dudes like that. They were all, most of them are in jail now. Um, not all, some of them died, but uh, my father, I can, from a very young age, I knew that my father was somebody, I didn't really know, you know, the whole story, but I knew he was somebody, because you could just tell, I could just tell by the way, when, you can tell the way other people react around certain people who's who, right, and so my, I always knew my father was somebody, because again, you know, we always, we weren't poor, he had all this, he had business, we did well, and so I knew he was somebody just from that, you know, a successful businessman or whatever. But beyond that, you know, later I figured it out that okay, my guy was, my dad was actually, uh, you know, a, a real, a real G, you know, in these streets and like really high up and really respected. And and I, I had a sense of that 
when I was younger, again, because certain dudes, particularly, you know, certain dudes come out, again, when I was younger, it didn't click so much, but when it really clicked for me was during the crack era, because if y'all know anything about the crack era, shit was wild and crazy and off the hook, and, and nobody was giving a fuck about nobody, but my dad, we didn't have no issues, my we didn't get robbed, I never had no problems, I could, you know, the way that people re- react around me, the way that people react around him, I just knew he was somebody, I just didn't know the whole story, you know, the different people that would come by, how they would talk to him, you know, how, how, you know, how they would just behave in his presence, and my dad wasn't no, like, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like people nowadays, when they think about gangsters in the mafia, they think about John Gotti and them, but that's not, that's not how the nation of Islam, that's how the black mafia nation of Islam, that's not how they were, if you think about the nation back then, not now, the nation of Islam now is a totally different organization, and the cutoff really occurred when Elijah Muhammad died, I'm Tell, I'll tell y'all a little bit more about that. But that's when the cut now that now I realize I understand. And my father told me little things that I didn't really get, but now I understand. That's really when the so that the big wide corporate, you know, Farrakhan and Nation of Islam, Million Man March, Nation of Islam, that all you guys now know, that is a totally different and you know, fundamentally it's the same, but as far as the organization is a totally different than what than what what it was when Malcolm was alive and when my father and them joined and when he was in it. Totally different. It was nation before Elijah and after is totally different. Okay, it's still a cult and it's still you know they still worship Elijah like a like a like a god, but it's just totally different because the criminal element and the and the organized crime element that was all throughout. The, the nation back then, then is is gone now. It may have little pockets still, little individuals here and there, but as far as, as the leadership and the top, it's different now. Okay, so I'm not referring to that nation Islam. I'm referring to the old school nation of Islam that a lot of people are not familiar with. So, um, the thing about this documentary that really got me is when is when this guy is talking. So he's talking to the older uh, Nation of Islam guys that were in the mosque, that were in at the mosque where these guys come from. So when he first comes around, you know, he's just asking them, "Hey, do you know this guy? You know that guy?" And they and they're kind of playing him left in a very in a very familiar way because again, my them dudes, my my father used to do the same thing. All his boy, all his friends, they used to do the same thing, like, they, they would, <coughs> they talk in, like, a, it's a certain, it's a, it's, I want, it's not really, I want to say it's a code, but it's not really a code, but it is, like, but you don't really, you don't, unless you're in that world, or unless you're familiar with how things go, you won't pick up on it, but they were talking in code, right, but, and, and that's, and that's on purpose, because they, you know, in case anybody was listening, Okay, and so back when Malcolm was alive, the, the, the nation was, was mainly in, in, in four or five major cities. It was in Chicago where the headquarters was, it was here in New York, it was in Philadelphia, and it was in Boston. Those are the main cities. I think they had something in Detroit too, but Detroit, I don't think Detroit was that major. So they, at this time, that's what Malcolm was doing. Malcolm was a minister going out, spreading the nation. So that's what he was doing here in New York. And you had other ministers trying to spread the nation because it was a very small sect back then. I told y'all, my dad knew Malcolm, my dad knew Muhammad because it was, it was like maybe 500 in them when it first started. Maybe. I mean, I don't even know if it was 500 when they first, first started, right? Maybe. I don't know. So... 
you know, you got a few dudes in Chicago, which a few, you know, a few dudes in New York and Philly, New York, Philly and Chicago were really the three major hubs. Boston was not that major of a hub. Malcolm was here in, in New York. The, the mosque down in Philly is called, was called, was called the Hood Mosque, okay? That normally when work needed to be done, the, the, the assassins came from Philadelphia because that was what the nation of Islam was known for in, in Philly. So that's how I knew my dad was somebody, and that's how I knew all them other dudes around here was somebody. And plus, it's different stuff. Like, you could tell, like, they had this thing with the cars they used to drive. So my dad drove a, drove a Cadillac. He drove a certain model of a Cadillac. I found out years later, I didn't know at the time, that the model of car that you drove kind of kind of signified your status, right? So if you drove, like, a, a, a Cadillac Eldorado, that meant you was you was somebody you was a big deal. If you drove a different type of Cadillac, it meant you was this. If you drove a different kind of car altogether, it meant you was that. You know, and all of these things meant something. I I didn't know that at the time, but now I do. So, but what I want to say about the nation is like, look, I said before, you know, a lot of people don't really understand people don't really know the nation. They 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 don't they think it's like oh it's a religion it's Islam it's not really Islam. Islam is what they practice in the Middle East and, you know, traditional um, Islam. Uh, the Nation of Islam wasn't really that. The Nation of Islam really is a cult that revolves around Elijah Muhammad who got his, what he told people from far Muhammad. From this dude named, uh, for, I forgot his regular name, but it, it don't matter. It's a cult, right? Made up some bullshit. They be, I ain't gonna get into it, but they be, they believe, and at a fundamental, they won't tell you because again, like I said, you got to be on the know. They they believe in a lot of shit that's crazy that ain't got nothing to do with Islam, but they not gonna tell you. But they do. They believe in some kind of spaceships and you know scientists making people. They believe in crazy shit. But um, if you read the autobiography of Malcolm X, he put some of it in there, but even he don't tell you all of it. But they believe in some crazy shit. Okay, but the thing that attracted. My father and a lot of people like him, and they get into this in a documentary to the Nation of Islam at the time, is because you dealing at a time when, you know, wasn't no civil rights down south, you know, they lynching and hanging us and shooting people, Martin Luther King and them getting shot down the street with fire hoses, and you got to jump off the, you know, sidewalk for a white man to let go, and everybody, you know, in, in the north up here. People weren't really with that, you know. We are everybody that went in a great migration came from the south up here. We left the south because we didn't want, they didn't want to deal with that shit. They was like, "Fuck that! I don't know what's going up north, but it got to be better than this shit down here." Well, I got to, you know, I can't even look a white man. I'm not doing that shit. They still want to treat us like slaves. So, people that was in the north wasn't really, you know, feeling Martin Luther King and all that turn the other cheek shit. And so here come Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm and, and the nation. Coming by telling you, you a god, you know, the white man's a devil, and all your problems, it's, it's, it was very, that was what attracted a lot of people to the nation. The Islam was extra, okay? Same thing for the gangsters, and, and it appealed to a lot of, like, the, you know, the, not, the, not the middle class, not the upper class, but the lower class, the, you know, the working class or whatever. And so that's what attracted a lot of people to the nation, and so you have to keep that in mind, um, you know, when you're watching this documentary, because it's really not... A lot of people don't really understand what the nation is, okay? Um, and so, I, I, you know, my father told me some stories over the time, o over time. And, um, you know, I just wasn't, sh they, so, I'm, I've been trying to go back and forth about how much of this I want to tell y'all. Because, just how much of it I want to tell y'all. But, 
the reason I watched that documentary and was kind of like it was surreal for me is because they're talking like this guy is, try- is talking to them. He's trying to get them to tell these guys. Another when he pulls up with this information or asking these questions, these guys act like, oh, we don't know what it's talking. Oh, I don't know. We don't know nothing about that. Blah 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 blah. And I'm sitting there watching them. And I know, I'm like, oh, y'all lying. Y'all know exactly who this man is talking about. Y'all know exactly where he is. And I could just tell because of how they're talking to him. And they all have this smirk on their face. And I swear to God, I've seen that smirk on my father's face. I've seen that smirk on his friend's face. I've seen, I know that smirk. That's that, oh, you know, oh, you know, uh, uh, that... You, you, basically, this the you a sucker smirk, right? Because them type of dudes, they tend, you know, them, you, you know how them hustler dudes is. They think everybody's a sucker, everybody's a square, but them, right? And so they giving him this look. But I knew as, immediately that they were lying. Number one, I knew immediately that that dude, whether he knew it or not, them guys was dangerous. Those guys were some killers. And the reason I know is because my father, my fa- they tried to kill my father two times. The first time, I remember very vividly because I was with him. And he told me later, when he told me at the, at the time of the incident, I didn't know what was going on. I was very young. My mom was still alive. It was my dad. I didn't see my dad a whole lot. I mean, I, I, yeah, I didn't, I, mean, my, I didn't see him a whole lot. I was with my mom. And me and my mom lived off where we lived at. And we would be with my mom's side of the family. We would go, you know, it would be, we would go with her side, my grandmom and all of that. So I didn't, I, I didn't see my dad a whole lot. But, I mean, I saw him, right? I say like maybe, unless he was really busy, I say like once, two or three times a month, you know, once, if he got really busy, it might go a few, a stretch of like a month or two when I wouldn't see him, but, you know, at the most, um, and so I remember, so this was one of the times he came, and then, and then, but saying that, like when he would come get me, like, he might have me for a few days or a few weeks. You know, he, it wasn't like, you know, he, it wasn't like he's stopping. To, like, he'll just come get me and take me with him, right? Um, and so I remember this day vividly. I Like, it was yesterday. I still remember we were coming down Pine Street to 60th Street. From, we were coming from, from um, 69th Street, which is in Philly. It's the most western suburb before you get to Yaden and all of that. And we were driving down Pine Street, and just as we got to the corner of 60th Street, my dad's store was on 60th between Pine and Osage, and we were about to make a, um, well, actually, no, that's not true, we weren't going to make a right, that's where his store is, but we were going, he was going to take me back to my mom, and so to get back to my mom, he had to make a left, because he had to drive out where we lived at, right, so he was going to make that left, I just remember we pulling to the corner, and also, all these guys that used to be my dad's friend, I can't remember any of them. Only one name, it was two names actually I remember, Suleiman and Selim. I remember them too because they were like, I figured out later they were like my dad's, they were like under my father. But those are the ones I remember that came around the most, right? So Suleiman and Selim, I remember them. And I remember Selim because Selim used to pick me up every time he saw me and spin me around in the air like, hey, and that's the type of, talk, type of shit I'm talking about when I knew my dad was somebody because the way... People reacted around me and around him. Like, every time he saw me, hey, little, little princess, you know, spin me around the air, whatever, always gave me candy and shit. So I knew him. Um, but on this day, they pulled, so it's summertime, it's nice weather, the window was down. And I remember they, the car pulled up, and Suleiman and Salim were in the car. And they pulled up, and I popped up. I was, you know, I was a little kid, so I popped up, and they was like, hey, Kel, and they were, t- I don't exactly remember what they said to my father, but they wanted... To, they said, hey, why don't you come 
with us somewhere, right? He was trying to he was trying to get my dad to go somewhere. And I remember my father said, nah, I'm with my baby. I'll catch you later. I remember this like it was yesterday. I don't know how old I was, but I had to be, couldn't have been no more than five years old. And they pulled off. Years, 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 years later, when he's telling me about the second time that they tried to kill him and actually almost got him, he told me that day, had I went with them, they would have killed me and you. Because this was occurring, this was around, again, 76, 77, Elijah had died, and there was a split because half of the nation wanted to go. Malcolm was dead also, but they, when Malcolm did that break... A lot of people in the nation actually wanted to go with Malcolm because they, again, not everybody was there for the Islam. A lot of people was just there because, you know, fuck that Martin Luther King shit. My dad and them was there because it basically was organized crime. Like, what people don't understand when they tell you about, you know, oh, the, the nation had businesses and they had churches and they had schools. And that's absolutely true. Sister Claire Muhammad School still stands in Philadelphia to this day. They absolutely put, they absolutely had all those businesses. They absolutely put money back in the community. They absolutely did. But what they also absolutely did was keep that shit for them fucking selves. Right? Like, it, that's that's how they, it was, it was a multi-million dollar organization, Islam has five pillars, one of them is Zakat, Zakat is charity, so you got these churches that you opening up, and these people, these regular people that don't know nothing about it, they just joining Islam because Malcolm or whatever, they like the message, they regular church goers, just like any church, they giving their money, they thinking to the church or whatever, yeah, some of it is going to the church, a lot of it is going to businesses, but not all of it, most of it is going into their pockets, my daddy's pocket, Elijah's pocket, whatever, it was like a, like they, all that, it was a, it was a racket, Right? And so a lot of people knew that. And so when Malcolm exposed Elijah, a lot of people saw that as opportunity. Yo, let's just get out. This is not real Islam. People, my dad had and others had started reading and figuring out, wait a minute, this is actually not really Islam. Islam is this over here. You know, it's X shit ain't really it, right? And this was in '65. When my father told me, he was like, yeah, I knew I had to get out there. When they killed Malcolm, I knew I had to get out. He ain't really get out till '77. 78, and I said he really did the, the shenanigans ain't really until 83. So that's how long it took him to make the break. That's how serious it was. These motherfuckers, that's how serious it was. Motherfuckers are getting killed, motherfuckers are getting murdered. You don't know about it because half the time the police might not necessarily knew it was a nation of Islam. They'd tell you, oh, it was a drug hit, oh, it was a this and was it that. No, that was a nation of Islam, right? That was the black mafia. So when he told me years later when I was about. 14 or 15 he told me about the second time they tried to kill him I was not aware of this time at all it happened around around the same time that my mother died so I'm assuming that whole period from like I don't know that whole period from the time my mom was killed till I want to say maybe I went to live with my dad and he bought his house so maybe about 82 83 is a blur. It's very black holes and grays. Like it's a, I just don't remember a lot about it. And so this second time happened during that time. But I, I know for a fact that it happened when my mother was still alive. Because, but it, but it, it was very. It had to be very close to the time because it was a big deal. It was on the news. And I didn't know anything about it. And the reason I know I didn't know anything about it because it was my mom, and she probably didn't let me watch it because I don't remember. I don't remember anything, I don't remember anything else about it, right, so it had to occur, I don't remember it occurring at all, but apparently it's a big deal, because what they did was, so, my father owned half the block where he is now, he sold stuff since then, and now, now it's down to like, only own one, two, three, well, I just sold one, two buildings now, 
And at one time, he owned half that block and several other properties. But over here, he sold it or whatever, right? Okay. Um, so what they did was, over, uh, next to our, we have, we, have our, we have our restaurant. And then next to our restaurant, we have a, another, like, a open barbecue pit for the summertime. So they would do, you know, barbecue for the summertime. And then above that, there was an apartment. I don't know what to start. I, I, I've tried to Google on my own. I don't really know. I know it had to do with Elijah, but it was. I'm not really sure what the issue was. I just know my dad was on the side that he stayed out of jail. Right? Like I don't know how it, how it happened. Um, but uh, the, the part, the the people who who wanted to stay in the nation, who didn't break from the nation to go back, to, to still stay loyal to Elijah. Very similar to these guys in these movies who are 70-something years old. And you can tell they're still loyal to Elijah. Not to Allah. Not to Islam like it's supposed to be. But Elijah Muhammad. They. It's a cult. And so if you do that. If you denounce Elijah. Or if you just say, hey man, this ain't really it. I don't want to be a part of this no more. You're considered an apostate, right? You're considered a... a, a um. A blasphemer, right? Because you've spoken, like what they said about Malcolm, you've spoken against the, the Prophet Elijah, honorable Prophet Elijah Muhammad. Like you are, you're, you're, you're a traitor and you have to die, right? There was a very famous murder down in D.C. Um, that inv- involved Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who at that time was all, most of the black people in America who are now, who are Islam, they got initially into Islam through the nation of Islam. And through that, they discovered real, nobody really, of, well, back in then, really went straight to Islam. That's how, so, back then, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Lou Alcindor, he was also in the nation. They, they sent a, a hit squad down to D.C. to kill some people down there. And, and the thing about the nation is they killed men, women, children, babies. They did not care. If, if, if you had crossed the prophet, if you had denounced the prophet, you had to go. And so they took, um, this is, he tells me the story. They, uh, so he used to, we stay in an apartment next door. Somehow, they got to the apartment, they got in, they stuck a shotgun in his face, they tied him up, and he told me that they, you know, they was looking for money. He was like, because, again, my dad was kind of high up. For some reason, he thought, they thought he had money. And he said that, um, you know, they beat him up, they tied him up, and he said that they were going to kill him with a hot shot. That is very, um... It was a very popular way back in the day to kill people. You give somebody like an overdose of heroin and they die. The Nation of Islam did that a lot. Matter of fact, like I said, um, that's how they killed a lot of people. The police didn't know. So the police would say, oh, it's just a junkie. They overdosed. No, they got a hot shot. So my dad said that he told them, look, I don't want my daughter to think that I was a drug addict, that I was a dope fiend. So please just shoot me in the head. Don't fucking shoot me. I don't want my daughter to find out that I think I was no fucking drug addict. Shoot me in the head. And so they did, but wasn't his time to go, and he didn't die. The bullet grazed off his head, he didn't die. Um, they shot him a couple more times, he didn't die. It was just not his time to go. Um, he ended up getting out, he had to uh, jump out the second floor window, he jumped out, he was tied up, he landed, he broke, he's fucked up, from what I understand. And I kind of, I think I remember, I actually, I do remember him being on crutches, and I remember asking him, and he, I think he told me he was in a car accident or something. I found out much later, so when he told me, I was like, oh, that's when you was on them crutches? And he was like, yeah, if he was fucked up, they, they shot him up, and then he was like, see, he go to scar, he had a, see, there's a scar, he had a scar on the side of his eye that was with a bullet grazed. 
And so he told me that about 12 and 13, and I was like, damn, I had no idea. And then other people, once they knew I knew, they was like, yeah, it was on the news and everything. Like, your dad, he, he did some heroic shit. He jumped out the window and <laughs> he fucking survived. I didn't know nothing about it. My mother didn't say, and I believe, I believe the reason I didn't find out earlier, because again, I, it was right around that time, I believe, that she got killed. And so that just overtook everything. Um... But yeah, that was the second time. So they actually tried to kill him two times. And if they would have gotten the first time, they would have killed me too. Um, which was wild to learn. Um, but, so these are the kind of dudes you're dealing with, right? And so I'm watching this documentary. And it's crazy to me because this journalist that's asking these dudes these questions, he's really trying. So the story is, I mean, I'm not giving nothing away. You could Google it. Um, Malcolm was killed, there's a guy, just, what happened at the Autobahn Autobahn Ballroom is a dude shot up, stood up, he said, get your hands out my pockets, nigga, and then threw a smoke bomb, caused a distraction, dude ran up with a shotgun, shot Malcolm X, the dude that shot Malcolm X with the shotgun, his name was William X, um, and that's just pretty much, anybody that knows anything has pretty much known that all along, right, and so he's trying to, this journalist, he's like pulling these pictures out. And these guys, you see their reaction because when he pulls the picture out and he, know, and he mentions this guy's name, now they kind of, they didn't realize that this guy had, had as much information as he did and was serious and really did this information and he really did his research. I could just tell by the looks on their faces because I know how they carry people. They thought he was some sucker. So once he started doing that, they started stuttering and, 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 and not stuttering, but like doing doing black mafia shit, like, if you don't know what it is, you wouldn't have recognized it, but, like, when they, the one thing that I did notice, that I didn't know if anybody else picked up on, they do, if you know old, you know how black people, we call them hoteps, everything conspiracy, they talk, well, Nation of Islam is very good for that, and, and so, he walked up to the one dude outside, and he was at, he had got the guy's real bustle name, because the guy's name when he shot was Malcolm, was Malcolm, was William X, so he went to them, they was like, William X, he was like, yeah, 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 we know, and then, you know, they realized he knew, they was like, yeah, okay, yeah, we know William, we know William, yeah, he was at the mall, well, you know, dude was like, so I hear they got a Muslim name, you know, it's new Muslim name, nah, I don't know, this is how they do, this is like, nah, I don't know the William Muslim name, you know what, brother, you need to leave that alone, though, because, you know, if it's, if it's, if it's this hard for you to find this Muslim name, then you know they, quote finger, they, they must be protecting them. They don't want you to know that Muslim. They need to leave this alone, brother. It's bigger than you. This government. That's how this. This. How they all talk. It was. I was just sitting there like, yo, these motherfuckers are all the same, and like you know, cause they they trying to play it like they trying to help you out, like, <clears throat> like you know, hey, brother, it's the man. The man killed Malcolm. The man killed. You know, he ain't gonna face the man. It's the man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's how they was playing them, right? And. I think he probably, <clears throat> I think he was aware of that, like, I think he definitely knew, I, I think he definitely knew that that was going on, but I don't think, what I don't think he got, because I picked it up, and I don't think he did, and the reason I don't think he did is because, unless you are familiar with how those guys operate and how they move, you wouldn't pick it up, because their threats are not threats, and they're very subtle, and you only know it's a threat if you know, and so, they kept saying to him, leave it alone, brother, leave it alone, and trying to, trying to imply that, you know, it's the government, they, you know, you don't want these people after you, these, the government, because the quote thing is the government, but really who they're talking about is themselves, and it was this one scene, 
where he forgot where he was and when he was, and he told the dude, he put the he put his hand on the dude's shoulder. He was like, I'm trying to tell you something. And when he said that, I was like, Whoa, because that's a threat. I have heard that when they when they when the nation somebody from the nation of Islam back in the day, not now, but back in the day, back in the fifties and sixties, even the seventies. They put their hand on you and they say, I'm trying to tell you something. Leave it alone. I'm trying to tell you something. What that means is, this is your last warning. We have told you to mind your business and back off. And the next thing is going to be, we coming to kill you. And I was like, yo, he just threatened him. But then he, he did it so quick, it was like an instinct. Like, you know, he fell back in the old habits. Then he took his hand off and he was like, all right, brother. He wasn't, wasn't going to do anything to that guy in that moment. But he fell so back into the old ways. And that's that's basically what he was doing. He was he was like, yo, I'm trying to tell you something. And he but he made and, and, and I I know that that reporter didn't pick up on. He probably took it as, oh, okay, you know, like, yeah, okay, okay, the government, the government, yeah, yeah, yeah. And not saying he was no sucker, but I know he didn't pick that up as a threat, but it was a threat. It was a threat. And I picked that up right away. I was like, whoa, if somebody had said that to you in nineteen sixty five or nineteen seventy eight, the way he said it, hey brother, I'm trying to tell you something. That mean they about to kill you. They mean they are about to kill you. And I know that because I used to tell you when I was little. I used to be around them guys. I know how they talk. Yeah, it's certain things they say. Like, you know, um, in a conversation, like, you know, if they're trying to they talk, they talk in a way that if you're standing around them, you would think they're just having a regular conversation because you don't know the code. But if you know the code, they're not having a regular And it's very quite genius the way they do it. It comes out of avoiding and first of all, it comes out of black people t- totally. We just from slavery, we know how to talk around white people and not have them know what we're talking about. But this takes it an extra level to where you're standing around because you don't know who's a snitch, you don't know who's wearing the wire, you don't know who's listening. So you have to be able to talk about things and and not have it sound like you're talking about. And so I used to hear them standing around, hey man, you know how 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 Bobby doing? Oh, he cool, he cool as a fan, cool as a fan. That means Bobby is fine. I talk to Bobby, he not going to talk, it's no problems, Bobby ain't the snitch, or Bobby ain't doing, that's what that means, Bobby Cool is a fan, there's a lot of rappers that say that, they don't, I don't even think they know what they're saying, like that's, that has a specific meaning, Cool is a fan, hey, how, you know, how's, how's Brother Salim, uh, Brother Salim, you know, he having problems, he having problems, he over there, you know, he's getting spooky over there, you know, he's spooked, now, a regular person, if you hear somebody say, oh, he's a spook, you think, oh, he's nervous, you know, he's a, no, he's spooked, that means he's a problem, we have to go kill him. What they say about spook means that he's not holding tight, he's not holding water, he's either a snitch, or he's about to snitch, or he's a problem, he fucked up in some kind of way, or, or what it really means is he said something against Elijah Muhammad, because my dad told me that when, when you are in the nation, you only were allowed to read nation pamphlets were only allowed to go to the nation school you're only allowed to study what they told you if they if they saw you trying to read something else like you're trying to you know if you can hey, but the quran say oh no brother you getting spooky brother you getting spooky that meant that you you are you are you fucking up basically you're, you're going against the teachings of elijah muhammad he was like and so that's what that means that means this motherfucker is 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 uh, is going against the teachings and he's he got to take him out so it was just little st- and i heard there's a scene where he's in the diner and he's in the diner this scene is really fucked up because this in this scene you can really sh- see how menacing these guys were and how and how and how not it's you could just see how at one time these motherfuckers were 
right? Because he's sitting in the diner with them, and he's t- he's got all this information now. And he's like, listen, I know it was I got his real Muslim name. They said that, you know, he went to the church. They said, you guys are his friends. Like, you don't want to, like, you know, Malcolm's dead. Because the guy, what happened was the guy that actually did the shooting, um, died during the documentary so he comes to them and he's like yo you know this guy's dead now like it but this one one of the guys that went to jail is still alive the other ones have passed but they're like yo this man did these years in jail this is hanging off his head you don't want to just admit it so like he can you know and it, and and it's an older guy two older guys and his son and his son's like well, what? and they kept saying and it's it's very similar to what when you when you go down south and you talk to old white people they do the same thing when they be like but you want to bring up all this old stuff. Oh, you picking up old stuff. You know, if you go stir shit, it's going to smell. That's what people who got shit to hide, they always say, oh, you go stir shit, it's going to smell. Leave it alone. Leave. They kept saying, leave it alone. The dude was like, how, leave it alone? How? Like, don't y'all want to know who killed this dude? And I'm sitting there looking at him like, sir, they already know who killed this dude. They knew them, every single person at that table. Well, them two old, them two old niggas right there. Not only did they know, I am positive they play, helped plan it, knew it was going to happen, got the word directly from Elijah or whoever threw Elijah and, and, and all that whole entire mosque knew that they was going to go kill Malcolm. And it was just crazy. It was just so surreal watching him sit there because I was like, "This man don't. I don't think this man knows that he's sitting with some killers right now. Them two niggas is killers because he, the dude next to him was the son. Was like, well, I mean, he was like, well, don't you want somebody to pay for it? He was like, ain't somebody already pay for it? Ain't somebody already go to jail for it? And I and he had the same smirk on his face. That smirk they get where it's like, you know, you can't. You, I know you know, and you know, and I, and you know, you know, but you can't prove it. So I'm gonna just sit here in your face and talk and talk circles around. You. And I was like, that scene right there, like it just showed. That's the shit that why my daddy said he had to get out, and why a lot of people said he had to get out, and why you niggas can't. When I got to college, and these niggas with these bow ties and I'm nation of Islam, they said you can't tell me shit about that organization. I know that organization like I know my family tree. You can't tell me nothing about my dad's best friend. Um, is in jail to this day. He's ingrated for prison. He got all kind of life sentences. His uh, name back in the day was Fox. Um, he's been written about in several uh, books on the black mafia. He was a, a big deal. He's in jail. Um, my other daddy's my friend. My dad's other friend got out right before he died after doing 30, 40 year bid. His name was Tank. Um, it, it, you can't tell me nothing about that organization. And that scene in that diner. That shows you, if you want to know the kind of pressure that Malcolm was under, how the kind of people that killed Malcolm, that, that scene right there, because if you, if you really, it was so menacing. I was, I was so nervous for him. I knew they weren't going to do anything to him because, number one, they on camera. And number two, it's in 2020, they old niggas, you know. They ain't, you know, it's not the same. It's not the organization that it used to be. But I just was so fearful. I was like, dog, I don't, you don't understand that you are being threatened right now. These motherfuckers are sitting here nice and pleasant. And the only reason that they even were as nice and pleasant as they was, because number one, he was black, and number two, he was a Muslim. So they gave him that respect. Like, okay, but, you know, the fact that they were not, that they were talking to him as nice as they were and entertaining him at all. Had he been a white dude or not Muslim, that could, that would, they wouldn't, he wouldn't have got nothing out of them. He wouldn't have got nothing at all. But, it just the way they fell back into old ways, and he was like, you know, just if you watch it, just watch the scenes in the diner. 
and remember what I told you, and you'll and you'll see what I'm talking about. This guy is over here with his paperwork, and he's really trying to figure out what it is, and he's talking to these, and he thinks these guys are just hesitant because you know they just don't want to say nothing because you know they know these guys, and I'm like, nah, bro, they they not saying nothing because they not saying nothing because they was in on it. <laughs> they know damn well who that dude was. They knew him the whole time. They knew where he was. They knew what he did. And they planned it. I'm sure that they planned it. You know? And and they knew all about it. And they don't care. Because they are still convert. They are still in the nation. Because he even said, he was like, hey, Elijah Muhammad, he meant a lot to me. I'm like, they still in the nation. Because you can, the difference between a, a Muslim, Muslims, they, they, they believe in Allah. They worship Islam, Muhammad, and all that. Nation of Islam is all about um, Elijah Muhammad. And that's what dude kept saying. Oh, he, you know, Elijah Muhammad meant a lot to me. And I was like, them dudes are still in the nation, and they're not going to tell you shit. They're going to take that shit to their grave because to them, they ain't do nothing wrong because Malcolm was speaking against Elijah, and that's an apostate, and he had to go because anybody that spoke against Elijah had to go and speak, you know. And so it's it's just a fascinating thing. If You, you should probably... If you watch it, if you don't know too much about the Malcolm X assassination, Google it. But Google the Nation of Islam. But it's 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 why nowadays, you know, even when I was in college, you know, everybody in college get woke. My friend Khalil, you should. I be like Khalil, bro. You can't. Oh, you know, you got to feed a baby, baby food. I'm like, you the baby, nigga. I grew up in that shit. <laughs> I mean, my dad he been Nation of Islam since he was like 18 years old. Like, you can't tell me nothing. But it just. Ah, it's just it just was so surreal for me because I was like, yo, that's that could have been my father. My father didn't, you know, he broke up, but just the way their demeanor, the way they behaved, the way they the, the black mafia in the nation, they were so cool. These dudes, this, and that's what made them so attractive because these dudes were like they were they were they weren't they were like the old style mafia. Back in the day with the Lucky Luciano and them, where it was very low-key, very, you know, you send your shooters out, but Lucky them wore a nice suit. It was like it was like that, where it wasn't about being in flashy, it wasn't about being in the, in the camera. The difference between, though, the mob and the nation is the mob kind of exploited their own people. The nation, this is what I will say, this is why I always, you know, I don't, I always keep a little bit of light on them for them. They did do what they said. They did give back to community. They did build, like, the one of the reasons why Philadelphia was never taken over by the mob like New York was, Philadelphia, Philly had a mob, but it was like a, um, a little offshoot. It was under the control of the New York mob, and it was a little offshoot, and they only controlled certain parts of Philadelphia. They didn't control the whole city. They controlled where they lived at, which was down South Philly and only parts of South Philly. Uh, it's a little part up in the Northeast, but the rest of it, where we were, where we was at, where my daddy and them was at, they didn't control none of that shit. They wasn't in them neighborhoods. They that was black mafia, and them motherfuckers would shoot you dead if you came in there. They had now they agreements on how they how they moved them the weight and all of that. They had that at the highest level because the Italian store still controlled the drugs and all of that but as far as you know Paulie Walnuts is over this and no Paulie Walnuts wasn't over a goddamn thing Paulie Walnuts was over Paulie Walnuts uh, neighborhood this neighborhood right here belongs to Sam Christian this neighborhood over here belongs to Rafiq Sabri this neighborhood over here belongs to whoever you know that's that, and that's one of the reasons why Philadelphia is not a huge, huge. It, it had a mob. If you watch the Irishman, it had a mob, Bruno, and all of them. But again, they were controlled by New York. They reported to New York, and they didn't run the whole city. 
They did not run the whole city. They 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 collaborated with the black mafia. Um, and I know that because stuff my daddy used to tell me, and just and other stuff that people used to tell me about my father. So, um, yeah, like that's 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 you gotta watch it. It's crazy, but watch it with watch it with the eye that I just gave you. Because if you don't watch it with that, you're gonna miss a, you're gonna miss a lot of things. I, I think, and you might not. I mean, by the end, you could tell that these dudes are full of shit. Because eventually. You know, he just keeps bringing them information, and clearly you have to know it. And again, it's the scene in the diary. You realize, okay, these guys just not gonna tell. They don't care. You can't appeal to them. They just they don't care. They old school. But it just shows you if you imagine, if you look at the way these guys are operating in the diner this late day, at 73, 75 how old they are. The one dude that was still alive in, the, in the, that went to jail for it is eighty one years old. Okay, and he's trying to get this guy cleared. And actually, maybe it'll happen because after the documentary, they said they're gonna reinvestigate the case because it's clearly the two guys. And went to jail. The one guy did it, but the other guy that went to jail didn't. And, you know, there's other five guys out of Newark Moss did it. And, um, you know, they made a statement. They were like, yeah, once, um, so they showed this one lady there, and I, I like this part because it showed the difference between the rank and file nation Islam. Like, again, the people who just joined and joined and didn't know anything about Elijah and what was going on. And she's like, well, we know that it wasn't a Muslim. You know, they, the government did it. We know it wasn't a Muslim because Elijah said, don't touch Malcolm. Nobody touches Malcolm. And I'm like, well, of, of course he's going to say that publicly because he's not stupid. But guarantee you, nobody would have moved on Malcolm without Elijah's word. So, you know, and it just shows that, 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 that cutoff. But um, it's just a great history organization because basically after Malcolm was killed, um, basically, the whole beef with Malcolm was Malcolm was too smart for those motherfuckers. For the most part, them niggas was thugs, they was hoods. Malcolm was smart and he was an intellectual and he was, and he was, they were jealous of him. Basically, um, the nigga, the, the head of the Newark Moss, all these other Moss, and you can see it because, like, if you know, when they, when Malcolm, when his house was bombed, people, people will project, people will project their insecurity or the jig on you if you listen. And, and everything Elijah and was said, well, I guess he wanted attention. Oh, he's all, like, that was that, they were jealous of Malcolm. Malcolm had to go, right? They was start a little whisper campaign, and when they said that, I was like, "Wow, I know that too," because they did that to my father. My father was like, "Yeah, they'll start whispering." Like I just said, "Oh, Rafiq getting spooky." What that means is he's a problem. You know, he not he not going along. He not putting whatever it is. And I, you know, I just I remember that time very well because my dad was like, "Yeah, you know, people that used to come around, Salim and Salim, he used to have all these people that hang around, and they wasn't hanging around no more. It was only certain people that was hanging around now, not them guys anymore." And, I, and another time, I remember I told you, Salim, you said this is when I knew. In hindsight, I realized that something was wrong because uh, I told you, Salim, Salim used to pick me up, and spin me around all the time. So one time, I was outside, that store was outside, I was playing. And Salim came up, and I'm like, hey, and I ran up, and I said, spin me around. And my dad was kind of standing there looking. Again, these guys, so everything was cool. If you would have walked by, you would have had no idea that it was this, that it was some murderous motherfuckers on the street. <laughs> that their intentions were bad in this interaction. You would have had no idea. Because my dad, sta- I remember my dad standing on his little step of the store. I'm like maybe 20, 30 feet over with Salim by the curb. And he like, hey, Kelly, he picks me up. And I'm like, spin me around. My dad was like, nah, put it down. Don't spin around. Come back over here. And he called me back over there. And I was like, why not? And he always spin. He was like, nah, he's not spinning you no more. And and I remember that day clearly. And now that I run it back, I'm like, 
that's what that was when that was when the break was occurring because Salim and Salaman and all them dudes and and the other way I could tell because my dad this is crazy my dad when you're in the nation you wear you know the suits with the bow tie my dad never wore a bow tie but he did the bow ties actually came a little later I mean you could wear one I'm sure like but he never did he would wear a suit with a regular tie he didn't ever wear the bow ties I, I don't ever remember seeing him in a bow tie maybe when he was younger by the time I came along but them niggas was fly they would always wear suits with the long coats like like suited up you know they was fly but when the break came, my daddy and them, they started, because they got more into traditional Islam. So now you see how, you know how you see the Islam guys with the kufis on and like the long white shirts. Or like they wear the, uh, you know how they dress. They wear them, them fucking, I call them skirts and dresses trying to be funny. But you know what I mean? Like those longer shirts. Or they would start start wearing that. Or my dad wouldn't wear the suit at all. He would just wear some jeans and t-shirt and his kufi. Like dressed regular with a kufi. Like you see the, the you know, the Akis and them do nowadays. Like he just dressed like a regular Muslim. And that's kind of, I also remember that. Because I'm like, oh, my daddy not wearing these suits. on, and, and, and them dudes, they still wearing the suits. He still had his Cadillac. But he just, he wasn't hanging out with the same dudes anymore. And then I said it took him a while to get, break for 83. Because there was some kind of, they had some kind of, uh, War, some kind of something, whatever happened. All my dad's in, friends ended up in jail. My dad went on a run for a little while. Another thing I didn't realize so after I found his, but I, when I found his uh, passport and I connected it back, oh, because my dad was gone for a really long time. He had went on there. Something happened. It's a, a bunch of some kind of war happened. Some people got killed. It was a shoot. They was trying to kill each other. My dad's best friend killed the dude. He went to jail for it. My dad to this day swears to self-defense. I get the story. It ain't no motherfucking self-defense. He was like, well, the guy was trying to kill him. So, <laughs> my dad's friend's name was Haroon. So, the guy was trying to kill Haroon because Haroon was on my dad's side. Um, Haroon was trying to kill the dude. So, the dude tried to hit, kill Haroon one time and missed Haroon because he a gangster. He goes to where the dude is at, takes a bullet, hands it to the guy. <laughs> Hands it to the guy's wife and says, this is for him. And then when he finds this dude in the street, he kills the dude in the street in broad daylight. Because this is what they did back then. <laughs> he called, killed the dude in broad daylight. My father swore to God today he died. It was self-defense. And I'm like, daddy, no, it's not really self-defense. Because, see, he was not at that time really trying to kill him. Dude just walked up and killed him in the street in front of all the people. Who came to testify that that's what occurred. So that's why your friend's in jail. <laughs> I know you think it's self-defense. But it's really not right. And, and all of them got stories like that. I mean okay I get it. I mean look it wasn't a joke. They wasn't trying to kill you. But like nigga self-defense. They got to be trying to kill you right then. <laughs> if you come back around the next day. It's just murder right. So anyway. A whole bunch of that went down, and, it, and, it, and um, there was a trial. And so around 83, 84, I think whatever it was got down. People, A lot of them went to jail, um, or they got killed. And so he finally broke. And then none of, I don't ever remember seeing any of them dudes anymore. And then it was just a totally different order. Because the match that they used to go to was not too far from my dad's store. We didn't go there anymore. We started going. He started going to this match up by where we lived at. And then eventually they built one across the street from the store. So, but... I remember that time very vividly, and, um, you know, it's just, it's a cra it's really a crazy time in black history, a lot of people don't really know about it, particularly if you're not on the East Coast, you don't really know this part of the nation of Islam, and people really don't understand, and people say the government killed them, and it's like, um, no, the nation killed them, the government, you know, you'll see the video, but, like, basically, the way COINTELPRO worked, COINTELPRO, they didn't, you know, 
they what they did was they fucking took you down from within. Like they said on the day that um actually the guy that gave mouth Malcolm mouth to mouth was an undercover police officer. They had nine informants in there because what they would do they would just kind of like what the Russians do now is they would just sow discord in your own organization, let y'all take each other out. So the police didn't really need to kill Malcolm. All they had to do they knew that um there was this issue brewing with Elijah Muhammad and so they would just send letters back and forth. We all know about J. Edgar Hoover and the shit he used to do. They would just send letters back and forth. They would cause, they would tell one, one was jealous of the other and because Elijah and them weren't too bright, they believed that shit. And so the police didn't kill him. All the police had to do was sit back and let it happen and that's what they did. And like they said in the video, like honestly if they didn't come from Newark they would have came from Philadelphia. But like they said in the in the in the in the special, Newark got to him first. Newark did it first, but, like, Elijah put the word out, and it was like, you can kill this motherfucker wherever. Normally, again, Philly was a thug mob, so they would send Philadelphia to do these kind of things, but in this instance, you know, you can imagine how, how much favor you're probably going to garner if you take out the apostate for Elijah, right? So people were scrambling to do it, Newark got there first. But, um... You know, watch it. It's black. It's been a terrible motherfucking Black History Month. We ain't taking L after L after L. We still taking motherfucking L's. But you know, in honor of Malcolm and when America was great, <laughs> watch. <coughs> Sorry. Go ahead and watch. We kill Malcolm X. Um, if you didn't know, if you didn't, if you didn't, if you weren't familiar, didn't know a lot about, you learn something. If you already knew, watch for what I tell you. But that's old, them, them, them old dudes that he was talking to, that's old school Nation of Islam. And if you can imagine, if you can see how, how, how fucking snake-like them dudes are now, just imagine them in the, 50, in the 60s and the 70s when shit was real. Okay, and then you can kind of figure out how, how, how Malcolm ended. And I don't think Malcolm, even, I think Malcolm didn't realize, I think Malcolm knew, but I don't think he, I think he couldn't do anything about it, and I don't think he really realized that his life might be in danger until it was too late. Um, there's even a scene in there where they talk about the day he was killed. He got a phone message and then somebody said something that he knew he was, and they were like, what did they say? And I was, I, I said to myself out loud, I was like, it wasn't a direct threat. They didn't give you direct threats. They probably said something like, hey, brother, how's it? This, this, is, this is how they would do it. They would say something like, hey, brother, how, how you doing? Oh yeah, okay. Tell your mom I said hi. I, I, you know, I'm, tell her I'm gonna come by in a couple weeks. Tell your mom I said hi. Now to me, that sounds like tell you. But if you, but if, but, but if you, if you know what I know, basically what he's telling is you telling you is tell your mom say hi. I'm seeing a couple weeks. That I'm gonna. He, he's finna tell you he gonna kill you. Might be now. Might be in the two weeks. But he's gonna kill you. It was little things like that. Like. Very subtle, subtle things. They didn't threaten you outright. They would say stuff like, hey, how's the weather? You know, okay. Tell your mama, say hi. I'm going to come by see her in a couple weeks. A couple weeks, you'll be dead. You know what I'm saying? So, so it was, you had to keep, you had to stay tight. You had to keep a tight ship. You couldn't jump out of line. You had, you know, you could not, you could not say nothing against Elijah because you never know. I mean, again, you had my daddy and them. They never really bought into that cult stuff. They was just there for, you know, other things. But you had some that was like, just like now, I'm sure, you know, all the, you got some that are true hardcore believers and they, and they, you know, they're not that bright and they hear you say something against Elijah. They'll go back and tell whoever and they get another nut and now they're coming to kill you. So, um, 
it is an interesting time in history. Um, we losing recipes. All them guys are dying off. Again, the nation of Islam now is totally different. And if you if you want to know how different it is, basically, when Malcolm was killed, they inserted Farrakhan because you know Malcolm was this charismatic leader, but Malcolm was too charismatic for him. He was getting attention on his own. And he was on the international stage, and they couldn't have that because you can't outshine Elijah. And so they brought Farrakhan in. And so the nation everybody knows of Louis Farrakhan is because when they move Malcolm out the way, they put Farrakhan in. And Farrakhan don't break with you know everything that I know about Elijah Muhammad even though Malcolm was doing his part but Malcolm was just getting too much shine for him and he was too intelligent for him and I, and I think Elijah knew eventually he was going to outgrow him and Elijah really um was afraid that Malcolm was going to find out about you know it was a scam basically his money his family was getting rich off that shit and and he knew that when Malcolm found that out Malcolm wasn't going to wouldn't stand for it <laughs> all right I talked way too long on this um Sorry about the coughs. I'm trying to edit that out as much as I can. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is thanks for asking. Um, I'm Kells at KMGZ. Like me, rate me, follow me, follow me on Instagram, please. My Instagram is paltry. I'm only like 300. Y'all, y'all, you know, I got way more on Twitter. Tell your friends. Um, I appreciate y'all listening. I'm gonna try to get this cold out my chest so I ain't fucking sounding and coughing and hacking on a thing next week. Um. All right, thanks. God bless. Good night.